Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. A uh, big hello to the subscribers. Thanks for uh, joining me every single week, multiple times a week maybe. We do uh, release new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you're not a subscriber, uh, grab the reins and hang on. It's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, what they're up to, what they've done in the past. We do the whole trajectory. So uh, wherever you get your podcast from, maybe where you're listening from right now, make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep up with us. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is one of my all-time favorite artists. And while he does dabble in music and has some history as a musician, you'll know him as a comedian. I'm talking about the one and only Craig Ferguson, the man who started back in the 80s as uh, Bing Hitler. My introduction was uh, was during the Drew Carey show when he played his boss. And then, of course, to uh, probably his most notable achievement as hosting the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Ever since he bowed out of that, he has stayed busy as uh, both on stand-up tours and doing voiceover work. You'll recognize him also from 
How to Train Your Dragon, Winnie the Pooh. And now he's back with a six-part docuseries called Hobo Fabulous. Hobo Fabulous was the name of his stand-up tour, his most uh, recent stand-up tour. And he took the cameras along. And what we get is an all-encompassing behind-the-scenes look on the stage. There is some stand-up that he works in there, but you get to see how it's made. There's lots of stuff on the bus, uh, interviews with his family. It's, uh, it has its premiere on Comedy Dynamics. And we're going to get into, one, why he chose that format and the material. What's it like to go from uh, doing a monologue every single night in front of a television to being able to work with one set list that you get to kind of tweak throughout a whole series? We'll hear about the uh, specific parameters that he put in place about not wanting to talk about politics and to still make it a relevant and funny show. And we'll talk about PC culture as a comedian doing stand-up in the UK for the first time in 25 years and closing the door to that part of his life. Craig will say he thinks he's done with stand-up. He thinks he's done it, and it's time to move on. What does moving on mean? Well, he's writing another book and movies. We don't get too many details, but he will give us a little tease of the next big project he's working on, which would be a movie uh, next year. I had so much fun talking to him, uh, and again, it's all about this brand-new six-part comedy dynamic series called Hobo Fabulous. It's Kyle Meredith with Craig Ferguson. Hello, Kyle. It's Craig Ferguson. (laughs) I have enjoyed Hobo Fabulous so much. This has been such a fun little adventure to take part in uh, with you and, and your crew and your family. And, and, and we, should, uh, we should kind of paint it at the beginning here. This is a six-part series. It's, it's not a stand-up special. It's a behind-the-scenes, although there is stand-up, uh, obviously, through a lot of it. It's, it's a documentary. What made you kind of go in that direction? Why produce this whole thing? Well, what I wanted to do, uh, it, it kind of goes back to the very beginning of, of putting this particular act together, the Hobo Fabulous Tour, was that when Joe and I, my writing partner, Joe, who directed the series, Joe Bolter, when we sat down to write this act, we thought, as a technical challenge to ourselves, we thought, let's see if we can write an hour and a half stand-up that doesn't use the word Trump once, that doesn't do any politics at all, doesn't 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 take part in any of the the you know the rhetoric and, and an argument that's going on. Can we do that? Can we write a show that that, that works and, and that will work now and that does that? And we did it, I think. Because we had set those rules for ourselves, the show by its very nature became very intimate. It became about how I lost my virginity, the time I nearly drowned, the worst acne I ever had, my junior high school girlfriend, all of that stuff. And because that intimacy existed in the live show, and it felt very intimate when I was doing it live, I felt that the normal format of stand-up special wouldn't be correct because that a stand-up special, for me, you know, I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I feel that the stand-up special, it's much better if you're in the audience with the comedian. Or, you know, I feel the same about music. I mean, filmed music, filmed stand-up comedy, it's, it's not quite the same experience. So I thought if we created a documentary type format or something that gave the television audience or the viewer an intimacy that the theater audience didn't get, but which, you know, counteracts. So it gives you a closeness to the material and the performance that, you know, that you would have got if you were in the theater, but you weren't in the theater. So now, so we'll do it this way. And that, that's really the thinking behind it was to, was to create a more, a more kind of intimate, style, if you like, for this particular show. And it, it works, too. As I mentioned, I, I kind of love kitten all the, the behind the scenes and seeing 
how you put together the jokes and, and taking them in and out, you know, uh, of the set in the way you do. And I should also mention that you open up the whole thing in Louisville, which is where I am right now, based in Louisville. So it, that's where we started filming in Louisville, Kentucky. What was it like, though? You know, so I, I'm going to do. It, it has been a few years since you know you, you had the talk show and all that. But what is it like to go mm. from having a new routine every single night? to basically one set list that you get to tweak here and there across an entire tour. Oh, well, it's a great luxury because you can hopefully get better at it. You know, you take out what works. You, you, know, you Well, you take out what doesn't work. All right, and sometimes by accident, you might take out what does work. It's a different type of thing, I guess, as well, because you, you get a little more time. Like, I, I do almost two hours when I do a stand-up show. I mean... A long monologue on television would be eight minutes, and that would be long. So it's a really different thing. It's the difference between, I guess, a, you know, a surfboard and a, and a 747. They're, they're both modes of transport, but they're very different. They go to very different places. And I think stand-up is a, is a, much, uh, uh, it's a much more visceral form of, certainly performance, uh, than, than doing stuff on TV. TV is fun. I love doing TV, but I don't want to do it every day. Uh, and that's why I stopped doing it. You know, but it, it's a lighter kind of a thing. It's, it's more candy than, than burger. And, and doing that, you know, putting those parameters where you're saying, okay, no Trump. Because there, there, there has been humor for decades, millennial, whatever, without doing the political. Although I get caught up in it just like everybody else. I enjoy political humor too. But, but aside from that, yeah. so when, it, you know, when you were doing the talk show, I, I would assume that you had to keep up with pop culture even if you didn't want to. Do you still find that? I mean, how important yeah. is that for you now? Not at all, no, which is one of the great luxuries of not doing a late night show. I, I mean, look. I get the news when, you know, when my wife complains about it. That's pretty much when I see it. You know, I, I, I'm not on social media at all. I know I have Twitter accounts and stuff like that, but that's not me. That's, you know, people who are, you know, selling, selling you something. That's not me on there. And I think that I don't keep up with pop culture at all. I don't think it's really seemly that I, I mean, look, I, I'm 50 fucking seven years old. What the what the hell? I shouldn't know what the new music is. You know, I mean, it's like um, my my playlists are greatest hits from the 1980s. I, I'm very happy to not have to keep up with all of that that noise and chatter. I was never very good at doing it anyway, to be honest. In late night, but I don't I don't bother about it at all now. I'm, I'm total. You know, I, I can tell you, you know, a, a little bit about Scottish League Division soccer <laughs> and. Uh, and weather, <laughs> all the important stuff. That's the uh, what's the uh, uh, the Paul Simon uh, lyric, right? I, I get all my news from the weather reports. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite tricks that you did in in this series is when you talked about PC culture. There are a lot of comedians who rail against it. You didn't take that path. You sort of. I don't know what you did, but you twisted it inside out. You didn't knock PC culture. You you sort of just bent it. What did you do? Well, I did. I did my job, which is I find a way to tell the joke. Uh, and for I, I actually think PC culture is great. I think it's really useful for, for two reasons. One, I think it's good if people think something is offensive and they speak up about it. I think it's actually good. That's all comedians do. I mean, they're, all, all they're doing, all anyone is doing when they complain about a joke is doing what a comedian does, which is complain about a, 
a thing. You're just using the same rights and, and issues. I'm cool with that. It also, what it does, I think, PC Culture, is it forces you to be uh, clever. You know, it forces you to, to do something. And, and I love the fact that you, that you got that, that I twisted it and I bent it a little bit. Because that's what you do. You read the room, you figure out what's okay, what's not okay, and, and you do that. I also, I think I'm kind of lucky as well. I don't have a lot of hateful opinions. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I kind of like people. So, uh, you know, I, I want everyone to be cool. I don't want to oppress anyone. So I, I kind of, I think that helps if you have that too. That's a, it's a long way away from your 80s character about uh, not hating anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was doing that, I, <laughs> I hated everyone. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's that thing Winston Churchill says, if you feel the same at 50, if you think the same at 50 as you did at 20, you've wasted 30 years of your life. I mean, I'm different now. I'm, I've mellowed a lot, man. I, I, just, I just, you know, be nice, be polite to people, you know, <laughs> just be nice. Um, you, you talk about going back to play the UK, and it's the first time in, in 25 years that you had done that, and obviously coming from that, you know, the part of the part of the world and everything. What was it that kept you away from so long? And and I guess the obvious question is, how was it different this time around? Well, you know, it was interesting. I I, I think the last time I spoke to you, I hadn't done the UK show yet, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and now I have done it, and I I loved it. It was great. I don't feel the need to have to do it again. My life, my professional life is in America and has been for a long time. And I, and I have my artistic life and my, you know, that's all, it's all in America. Uh, that's where I, that's where I work and it's where I have my, that's where, it, it's my, that's my sandbox, if you like. And I, I, uh, I did it here and it was good and it was nice, but it, I, I kind of don't feel the need to do it again. It was nice. It was good, but I probably wouldn't do it again closure it's i mean i don't know if it's closure i don't know if it's that i I didn't mean project that and everything but there is a sense of some kind of closure that does seem to be happening i mean you've written the book you've got the documentary now i don't know if it's loose ends i mean you're still working there's there's like another book on the way but is there a sense of that all right let's close the door let's close the door and move on yeah i think so i was actually it's funny i was talking to my wife about that very thing i did a few dates Last week, actually, uh, I did some stand-up dates, and I said to her at the end of it, "I think I might be done." You know, I think that Hobo Fabulous," you know, is a show is a pretty good show to go out of. I, I think that I, I think I might be done doing stand-up. You should say never say never, I guess. But I've got some other stuff to do. I've got a, a game show that I'm doing for ABC that I'm kind of is fun and cool, and you know, we're going to make a bunch of them and see how it goes. And, there's a movie that I'm going to direct next year, and I'm looking forward to that. So I kind of, I don't know that I'll do any more stand-up. So I think you're right. Yeah, I think I think that might be it for me doing stand-up, which is weird because I've been doing it for you know at least thirty years, thirty-five maybe. That's a. Uh, I'll parallel back to uh, to presidents because it it, it <laughs> it's a. Uh... It's about like when you get a young president that has to retire. Most people retire older, I guess, is what I'm getting to. And this makes you like Obama. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting to. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't know if um, – yeah, yeah, I'm not retiring from me. But I think I, I'm, I think I might have done with stand-up everything that I wanted to do with it. Yeah. I can't imagine – I don't want to be like, you know, you know, boxers that stay too long right. and fight – you know, one one too many you know too many fights and they get hurt. I think maybe stand up for me, not for everybody. Some people do it great all the way to their eighties, but I think for me, I might be getting done. 
Maybe maybe in a couple of years I'll come back at it, but I don't think so. I think I'm done. That's interesting. I mean, I love keeping up with you, however, and, and you do stay busy. I mean, the game show sounds fantastic. You've done, you know, the voice acting work in the past. Uh, I think most recent one was How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, yeah, the third one uh, in, in January. Yeah, these movies were great. I love doing them. And I, I hadn't, before I started late night, I had been making independent film. And then, you know, once you, once you do a late night show, you, just, you can't do anything else, man. You, I mean, I managed to squeak out a book or two and some stand-up here and there, but, you know, it, it really takes over your life. So there's a couple of movies that I, I wanted to make and I want to make, and I'm going to make them. And, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of, I think, where my head is, is headed now, that to go back to some of the work that I was looking at doing 15 years ago before I got roped in uh, making television every day. Now, when you say making movies, is this, you know, the whole thing, writing, directing, acting? Writing and directing, not acting. I don't, I don't need to dress up anymore. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, quite, it's quite nice for me to just, you know, turn up, wear a puffy jacket and have a <laughs> cup of coffee and tell other people what to do. Right? That's fine. Because <laughs> yeah. you've done some of this before. Is, are these just fictional stories that you've been coming up with lately? Yeah, there's a film uh, that, uh, that I am going to direct next year, which I, I'm excited about. I, 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 I couldn't really, you know, uh, say too much about it right now because the announcement hasn't been made about it. But it's a, you know, I'm doing a feel-good movie, sport movie, actually, that I've wanted to do for a while, and, and we're going to shoot it next year. And, and kind of that, I'm interested in that. I'm kind of drawn to that. It's got my attention now. Yeah, cool. Well, I, I'll be on board. I'll be there to watch whatever that mystery movie is. I'll, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'll wrap it up with that too, Craig. I, I've been such a big fan. I mean, your the late night shows were uh, the, you were my Letterman. You know, as as people would would, would talk about right. him in that way. You know, is it was really important. Yeah. And um, your sense of nonsense, I think, was the best thing that could have happened to TV. Thank you very much. And I I'm very proud and, and and glad i did that show i i don't for a for a second want anybody to think that i'm not grateful or or not happy about that show that the the opposite is true i love that show and one of the reasons that i don't do it anymore is because i was starting not to love it and i didn't want to do that you know right i don't want to do that to the show or to the audience because you know really that show it wasn't really a show for people who were in a late night it was a show for people who were in a whatever the fuck I was doing because you know it it was it wasn't it wasn't a cookie cutter late night show and right. I'm and I'm proud of that you know we we made something strange and different. That was the best thing about it. I, I remember, you know, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, bringing her in. It's like just watch. You're not going to understand what's going on. Yes, there is a. There's a dancing horse. There's there's lots of things. Just enjoy. And uh, and we did so many times. So thank you for that. And thank you for Hobo Fabulous, too, because, again, this series has been so much fun to watch and kind of be a part of that. And uh, and I look forward to what's next, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got to talk properly. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Take it easy, man. You too. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. The one and only Craig Ferguson. A huge thanks for that conversation right there. The new series on Comedy Dynamics is called Hobo Fabulous. Do check it out. And thank you for, uh, for listening to the whole thing right here. Again, hopefully you're, a, you're already a subscriber and you can do the due diligence of, uh, you know, rating the series and leaving a review or a comment, just saying hello. Uh, and if you're not, hit that subscribe button. Keep up with us. You can do it wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Places like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. 
Acast Podchaser. Also, places like uh, Spotify, you can follow along there and uh, listen on YouTube as well. And after that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, of music news, anniversary spins, and even more interviews. That's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, you've got your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I'm a little scared, Kyle. I don't know if we're going to get through this, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.